You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Halfway through the season, we uh, ended it with a with a one two. That was a, that was like kind of ending in the bang, eh? Wasn't it? Yeah, be I honest. So, listen, you know, how fucking enraged I was watching the the first half of the Dallas game. Oh my god! I, I, tur- I turned it off. I pulled a Michael. I turned it off. Everybody. Um, I did not turn it off. Surprisingly, you pulled a me. Yeah. I pulled. We flipped. I didn't think they were going to win, but I just had literally nothing else to do. So, well, and see, I had lots to do. That's why I was so fucking mad about it. But I did catch the game winner. So I came back when it was tied. I don't do that very often, right? You can vouch for me. Yeah, I do it way more than you do it. I don't want to be getting hate from anybody saying you're not a true fan, blah, blah, blah. I reached a boiling point that night. Okay. Well, I yeah, I usually I try to avoid in-game like commentary on Instagram, but this game I was like, fuck these fucking losers. They're the only team left is one after trailing after two. Blah blah blah. Can't score. Bang, 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 bang. Well, it's funny because it was on the last podcast that I came to my own conclusion that Whatever's happening midway through the game, if they're down, then they're going to lose. Or if they're up, they're going to win. You got to wait till the mid game. And it was just around that time when Jamie Ben made a 3-1. They were showing no signs of fucking anything. And I had a lot to do and I was having a bad day. And I was sick. So fuck that. But it was, that was a frustrating game. Like, and I will say like, I still think like, thank God it was Dallas because the power play would have lost you that game. If it wasn't for Dallas, like not being a particularly great team. Fuck, does that power play suck? Holy fuck, man. What are they like, 0 like 20 now? Well, they haven't scored in like three or four games, have they? Holy shit. Well, going into Dallas or was it going into Phoenix, it was 0 13. I know it was for sure up to 0 for, thir- 0 for their last 13. Yeah, and it like, must be 15 because they didn't score in Arizona either. It is so bad. It's just painful. It's painful to know. And that those are the worst kind of games to watch is, you know, they're not going to score. It's like big power play. It's like, no, they're not going to score. You got bonehead Rasmus Anderson back there who like, whatever, bad power play. They're lucky. They're lucky. They've been so good at five on five because that power play stinks. Well, they're the best five on five team in the league, aren't they? Yeah, Totally. Like, who has thrown out their Corsi numbers? I think, was, I think it was Kent. First in the league. Yeah, and they've been close to first pretty much for the entire year. They've been top five all year anyways. Like, legit, if you can get your power play clicking, 
even just so it's like good because it stinks even if it's just good you're in a good you're in a good spot man if you can keep up the five on five play which this this team should be able to it's all based on coaching it's all fundamentals you know everybody says the season gets harder as you go as you get past the second half here teams start to shut it down well we're we're ready for that but we need our fucking power play to do something yeah, like I just, it's just mind-blowing how bad it is. I still don't understand the personnel decision. Put fucking Zadorov back there. I It's not even, like the personnel is shit, but like the execution, like I, what are they doing? Like, I don't know one. I don't know what they're trying to do. When I watch good power plays, like when I watch the Oilers power play or the Bruins power play, I know where the puck, they want the puck to go. Yeah. And or, I know what, I know where, what they're trying to accomplish. Or the Capitals power play. Yeah, you know it's going. You know where it's or, going. You know where they want Columbus. it to be shot from. Or the Columbus power play. It's like it doesn't matter if the other team knows how many fucking goals has Vetchkin scored from the one time spot. Like you can't stop it if that pass gets through, and that's how they're going to set it up. So what? What's our problem? Like the coaching staff doesn't think there's a trigger guy that can be, or I guess they do. Rasmus Anderson, he's the trigger guy, hey. Well, I don't think, is this look? I don't know how people probably get sick of hearing us talk about it, but well, fuck, fucking annoying. Until they change it, what? A, like, how can we not talk about it? It's terrible. Change there's, the setup. Yeah, there's no, there's no, like, I don't know who it funnels through. Gaudreau has the puck a lot, but he's just like lobbing wristers in a lot of the time from from the left wing boards or like trying to set Rasmus Anderson up. Like, he hasn't even really been going for the Lindholm cross ice shot very much lately it's just like so like when the setup they do what they do is they they rely on rasmus anderson way too much yeah it's kind of like up to him and johnny to quarterback it together that's that's kind of the role i don't even know what they're doing anymore dude but like kachuk is almost null and void at this point and then monahan is just like floating in the middle of nowhere zadorov he he actually thinks he actually has a pretty – he's offensively minded. When he gets the puck in the O zone, he, um, he knows how to make plays. He knows how to get puck to net. He knows how to carry puck to net. Like, he's a bit of a threat. So, even if all you did was swap out those two players and didn't even change anything, Zodorov wouldn't be just blasting away into, into the goalie's glove or his chest. Like, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be down for that. I think he'd be dishing the puck out. He'd actually know how to fake a shot before passing it or vice versa. I think they got to put him up there. Dude, like, you've been, we've been watching it. It's kind of been weird. Like, he's been up on the rush and stuff and knows when to activate and has a cannon. And, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, on this Daryl Sutter power play, well, not Daryl Sutter power play, but on a Sutter coach team with, a, with an emphasis on pucks to net, rebounds tips like at least get a guy who can shoot and get it through wouldn't that be a partial improvement i don't know i think he's got a way better offensive mind and i mean look there's is he the perfect guy no but like who else are you gonna put back there if you have to put a d-man like who the fuck else are you gonna put back there? <laughs> no one. No one. Uh, yeah, no. Fuck no. That. You talk about offensive instincts or or brains in general. 
and I mean, he's having a good season, but I mean, I, I think playmaking and, um, you know, intelligence isn't his number one, uh, strength. So, well, at some point, like you, I just don't, I'm not sure how this works. If you're Daryl Sutter and your and your power play is now what over, I think it's over 15 or 16. Do you make some changes? Because it's been kind of below average. I guess it's what is it, 12? It's a dropping league standings. It was pretty good there for a bit, but I mean, in all intents and purposes, it's been kind of below average all. All season as it well, has, it hasn't scored a big goal for a long time, if well, at all. And that I think that's the biggest point. That's a good and, point. And that's what I don't really because people still like what is it 12th right now? For a while there, it was like in the top 10. And it was people, oh, all the percentages you go. It's like I don't give a shit. They're not scoring big goals when they need them on it. Exactly. They're not putting they're not scoring goals where you're putting a game away, and you're not scoring goals when you're like, fuck, you need a goal real bad. Yeah, exactly. It's like when the power play is scoring its goals, it's like the game's already 5-2, and now you just got two power play goals or some shit. Fix it. Because, like, if you let in a power – if you scored a – like that game against Vancouver, which I actually think is a really gutsy win, and uh, you, they need to learn to win games like that, but you're really pushing your luck, you know, not being able to bury one on the power play against well, you Vancouver. Get, you, get, you get five minutes straight. Yeah, that five minutes straight. Fuck me. Like, fuck me. That was the most painful five minutes I've ever watched. Problem is, is like before the power play starts, like, oh, great. We got to watch five minutes of this shit. Yeah, exactly. And you know exactly what you're going to see for five minutes. So, like, we need another, we need another, we need a power play specialist, dude. We need a coach that is a power play specialist. But we're not going to get one. So, Kirk Muller, you got to figure it out. But if you're well, I remember when Muller was hired. Remember all the Canadians fans were like, "Fuck, enjoy Muller's power play." And we were like, "It can't be worse than Dave Cameron's power play." Apparently, it can. (laughs) Holy fuck! No, it's not. Is it? Is it worse? I can't remember the Dave Cameron power play. It's it was bad. That was like, or you know what? Like the the power play's always been bad because like under Cameron, it was really bad. But then. Was Cameron with Gullitson? Because Gullitson, I remember, is the Brower play. And never Chase on was always on the power play, too. That's how the power play has been good in any type of manner. Here's how bad our power play is. Jeff Ward has been our best power play coach over the last seven years. Well, when we had Versteeg, the power play was good. Yeah, and it was was good because he was 19, too. Versteeg was coaching the power play at that point. Exactly. Can we just hire Versteeg, please, to coach the power play? He's just sitting there. Just sitting there, coaching kids. Get him behind the bench. He's All right, so ASAP. Um, let's let's get into these two games here. So Dallas, I went back and I watched what I missed. Here's what I'm really impressed about the comeback. Look, the comeback itself is impressive. Okay, obviously. I mean, what is it? Five minutes left. Three goals. And it gets a team right behind you in the standings. That's fucking huge. Dude, that's a massive. That is one of the biggest wins of the, that is probably the biggest win of the season. But the thing that impressed me the most about it is because if you're tracking this throughout the whole season and you're weaving in Daryl Sutter's teachings and his 
perspectives on what this team is. One thing he's been talking about all season is trying to get this Calgary Flames team to learn how to play against these big, like these big teams mm-hmm. that have been together for I mean, know how to play kind of a grinded out game because we seem to have trouble with those teams. Daryl's recognized, talked about on the podcast, but that's what impressed me so much is that 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 was one of those games where you just can't seem to generate anything. And then started fighting and battling. They got a nice little bounce right on the Mangiapani rebound, but that was a greasy ass goal. But dude, that top, that top, like drill, like fuck. Yeah. You watch that whole sequence. Lindholm's in the corner, just getting bashed against the boards. This guy's tough as bricks. He fucking like what did he pass it off his shoulder to Chucky behind the net? You see that? Yeah, that was great. Great goal below the goal line work. Just those guys grinding, and then Kachuk, same thing. Not trying to do anything pretty to find Johnny. Just tries to grind it out. Do a, does a power move to the front of the net. There, this is them pushing and working through the resistance of this big defensive, you know, team that Daryl's talked about, these teams. And then Johnny is the guy battling in front to get the loose puck and buries it. Well, so, like, he, yeah, you even watch Lindholm on that play. I'm watching it right now. Like, he's got two guys all over him, like, smashing him in the face. Just a hard, just three hard plays by your three best players. Yeah. So then you kill off uh, the penalty. Obviously, everybody's been talking about the five pass fucking finish. If you go back and watch this, because I remember I was watching at this point, go back and watch on the breakout, right? Johnny gets it up on the half boards and you can tell the D-man's coming down a pinch on him. You're like, holy fuck, if Johnny can get this puck through, we're going to have an on-man rush here. So you're kind of watching it's coming up to Johnny and the D-man's coming into pinch. And you're watching, and then John, you know that Johnny's most likely going to hit Elias coming down the middle, right? But you don't know. And he kind of sucks him in, sucks him in, then dishes it. Fuck, that play right there was the goal that started the whole goal. Without that play... There's no goal. Johnny makes that dish out, and then they're off. They're away. And then they did the fuck. That was, <laughs> I don't know if they tried that 10 more times. They would ever. No. No. <laughs> that was fucking. I thought it was going to be way too many. I was, but fuck. That was so sick. But I mean, that's the. That's the brilliance of Goudreau. Because again, you watch that play, and there's not many guys who are going to make that play. Most no. guys are going to go up the boards on that just right gonna fucking i like, try to get it to shillington just pump, bump it right up but like johnny is just like so aware of where everybody is and he just makes like you can see it on the replay he kind of makes just a little half stop and sees lindholm and he's like perfect yeah right on his tape and really also fun. waits for the perfect moment like fuck me right Oof. And then heads up to Rastus Anderson because he was on his horse. Yeah. 
when you do that many passes, like they did it right because the only time imagine if they it, could just take that philosophy and work, put it on the power play, lots right? of passing. Fuck me. Wasn't it? Remember there was a Dallas game when they did that on the power play. They had like 20 fucking passes in a, in a matter of like 12 seconds. Remember that? It was a Monahan like, goal, I think. That was a season ago or two seasons ago or something. It might have been two seasons because. But they did the right thing. If you're ever going down two on one or three on one and you try too many passes, the only way you can get away with that many passes is like they did. You have to dish it as soon as you get it. Yeah, you can't hold on and try. No, then you get weak. touch. Yeah. What a fucking. So go. it goes Lindholm to Shillington. To Lindholm, to Shillington, to Anderson, to Shillington. <laughs> that was fucking awesome. Best goal, loudest I've cheered in a long while. Like, I can't remember the last time I was that stoked about. Like, when's the last time this team even had a comeback like that? That was like, it was at well, least two seasons ago. They haven't done it once all season. So oh. it's got to be back to the, the comeback year, probably. So, okay, you got game stats for that game for Dallas? Yeah, we got them right here. Oh, so, here, here, was the, here was the most incredible thing. Like you were saying what you were impressed with. The Flames came out fucking guns a-blazing in the third period. Like, press hard. So, I'll read the game stats, and then I just want to single out the third period. So, the Flames, 68 shot attempts, 4 to Dallas' 37 at 5-on-5. Five five. So, again, had the puck all night. Scoring chances, 28-19 Flames. High danger chances were tied 9-9. to But in the third period, the Flames had five high danger chances to Dallas is zero at 5-on-5. 12 scoring chances to Dallas is zero at 5-on-5. And 27 shot attempts. Dallas is six at 5-on-5. That's that's a third period that, like, whew. So that's kind of what impressed me. Um from game to game between Vancouver and this game is that, okay. Cause I'm oh we're kind of watching like, like you were talking about, like, right. Like Sutter saying they playing these big teams. It's like playoff hockey. What are they going to do in games and in, in different kinds of games? So you beat Vancouver in a really close tight checking game. You find a way to like completely shut down their offense and you win one, nothing. But then tonight we haven't seen this all year. We've been waiting for it. A game where they're down and they push like fucking mad and they win. So now we've seen we've seen this team win in two specific ways. Good teams find ways to win is what all the fucking experts say. And the Flames did that in two straight games. And fuck is that encouraging? It's really encouraging. Power play goes over two though. Yeah, fuck the power play. So yeah, Shillington's the, the game score, top game score for this game, eh? Fuck he's 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 uh he's playing Dude, well. He's fucking awesome right now. He's got 21 points. No one would have no one would have expected this, man. Dude, he was on waivers at the beginning of the year. Although, you know what's funny? And people who listen to the podcast and have for a while and probably agree with us, but Francis at the beginning of the game against Phoenix. Oh fuck. No one would have fucking saw this coming, fucking <laughs> Shillington. That's... Nobody thought this guy was any good. Oh. Yeah, nobody, Eric. You mean except the entire fan base who's been wanting to see this guy just give a sh- give it a shot for the past two years? 
So Francis's definition of nobody is anybody besides himself. I'm like, what do you think he thinks about how good Gaudreau is right now? Well, dude, did you watch the intermission of the Arizona game, the, the like the first one? What well, is what he is doing it? back on intermissions, by the way? I thought we were done with him, especially in studio. I don't know. I guess like fans say get rid of Eric Francis. We fucking hate his guts and they say, okay, we'll give you more of them. How come they that, got rid of poor Labardius? This is how it works. But they can't get rid of Francis? Like, what's going on? But I don't know. He's he was saying some weird shit about good. He was like talking about how Goudreau was like he pulled apparently he pulled the Flames dressing room on who's the most mysterious man in the on the Flames, and it was Johnny Goudreau. Think he made that up? It's like, what the fuck are you talking about, bro? Mysterious man. You imagine you're Lindholm and you just like fucking finish a shower and you get some fucking like question or some shit about how like who's the most mysterious flame? Hey, 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 Elias, hey, Elias, who, who, uh, who's the most mysterious man? I guarantee the, the flames are like requesting that these reporter COVID protocols stay in place once the everything's lifted. Great comeback. Okay, well, let's go to let's go to Arizona, dude. This was a game again. This is a game last year. They're fucking. If Jeff Ward is behind the bench, you know for a fact oh, they're fuck. getting steamrolled in this game. They we would have lost both those games, dude. Easily, they would have never come back or done something stupid in Dallas. But in the gimme games that they're supposed to win, they could never win under Jeff Ward ever. It's like what the shit. Ottawa's out shooting us 20 to zero in the first period. What's going on? Well, and these are like this Arizona game. It's scary, right? Because how often do you see this? Not even just the Calgary Flames, but just hockey in general, right? When you play against such a weaker opponent, you're kicking their ass, but they're somehow they're keeping themselves in the game. And then it's just like the later, the longer it goes and it's tied, the more worried you get because it's going to come down to a balance. But fuck. I think again, close to the flames because they didn't let up. They kept their foot on the pedal and they made sure that they got the job done. I think you're right. If it was Jeff Ward, they probably would have lost that game. It'd be a 6 2 loss or some shit. They just kept coming in waves and waves and waves and were so dominant, especially in that first period. It was just like, I don't know how they're going to lose this game. Dude, that top line in the first period. Johnny Gaudreau was on fuck like on what kind of drugs that guy was on in the first period. He had was it four slot opportunities to Lindholm in <laughs> in the first period alone. <laughs> that that third pass he made where he fucking tight behind the net and then banked it off the back of the net and beat that Dude, out. That was unbelievable. That was like the best shift of hockey I've seen in like the past five years. Holy shit, that was good. But that whole first period, that top line was playing like that. It was unbelievable. It was unreal. And it just like everybody's strengths were on display. Finally, Lindholm buried one. I was getting a little pissed off because Johnny yeah, put was, him in that spot eight times. I was cursing Lindholm and say, careful, we're replacing for Monahan here. I know. I'll have to put Monahan there. Sean's on the bench. Well, I could have scored that one. I used to score that. I used to be me. But holy shit, like. Johnny just goes like zone to zone, gets a chance. Chuck's recovering pucks. Lindholm oh sniping in the slot. It was just like a sight to behold. Like the Flames killed him in that first period, and Johnny Gaudreau was on another planet. I guess Lindholm's goal is in the second period. Coleman gets the first period goal. 
Um, at first, it looked good, but then you look at the replay, you get lucky again. However, right, the shooting, this is the, the shooting percentage thing. Yeah. It's all evening out. Because, like, that shouldn't have went in. Like, he he flubbed his shot and it bounced off the goaltender into the net. It's like uh, the Seinfeld where Jerry's even Steven. <laughs> Zoe. George is doing the opposite, and Elaine's becoming George. Hey. I've become George. Yeah, doesn't Jerry throw a 20 out of the window and then finds one in his jacket or something? <laughs> Elaine throws it away. See, if you get the 20 back, you could have thrown a pencil out the window. <laughs> so good. But right. um, I yeah, I, I I actually really thought Coleman has had a few good games here. Maybe it's he's back in the States, back with some sun on his face. Um, but fuck, right. he, he was pretty good in this game tonight too. No, Coleman's found this game. So the Gabranson beatdown was that. Holy fuck, dude. Holy fuck. <laughs> I don't even know who that guy is. Oh my God, dude. I was like, okay. Cause he went after Gabranson and before they even dropped the gloves and he's going after him, I'm like, dude, in my head, my instant thought is like, what is that guy doing? Is he fucking stupid? Like, what was his I name? I don't know. I literally don't remember. O'Brien. It was O'Brien. O'Brien? Yeah, it was O'Brien. I want it to be Murphy. <laughs> A lot of good Seinfeld shit right now. Um, Dude, O'Brien, what are you thinking? Dude, like Eric, your Branson, he threw like four or five bombs. I love how... And that didn't connect even, and I was like, holy fuck, this guy's going to get shit-faced. I know. You're like, okay, it's... One of these is going to connect here, bud. And it's funny because you're watching it. I don't know if you noticed this, but during the fight in real time, I'm watching and O'Brien looks at the linesman's like four times and is trying to get them to stop the fight. Right. He's like not like saying anything because he doesn't want to be a pussy. He's trying to give them the eye. Like, you know, it's, it's like, like, get in here, guys. It's like one, it's like a scene from the movie where they like the and they can't like see anything. They try and like do some weird like signal with their eye it signals jerry it signals you should have just said tippy toe signals tippy toe tippy toe i'm on a fucking roll right now sure so and then he fucking just drops him like dude like just pounds him what man it's like what's more sad like i'm not like there's nothing more satisfying. Like even me, when I'm watching it, like I'm like, holy fuck, this guy's getting killed. This is horrible. But like, I'm just like, yes. <laughs> but but the moment he gets dropped, like when someone gets dropped in a fight, and it's the person you're cheering for that drops the guy, that's like almost more satisfying than a fucking playoff goal, dude. Oh, totally. I don't know like, what it is. Cabranza, like Cabranza, should be out. Holy shit, this guy's a monster of a man. Why are you picking a fight? Either or Lucic. Go like you. Brett Ritchie's right there, bud. Right? It's like he's that's, already been that's, knocked that's out the once. Lowest, yeah, That's the Come lowest hanging fruit, dude. Do us a favor. <laughs> yeah, right? Go take Ritchie up, bud. Please. We beg of you. <laughs> Brett Ritchie remains the only flame other than Michael Stone, who's played like 10 minutes, that have zero points, by the way. That's why it's like, is this a fan podcast? I don't even know anymore, dude. Someone please injure Brett Ritchie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
kind of gets his uh what's that his fourth in the season? He's Bloody. getting he's getting up there. He's helping pitch in. That was a good little seeing eye shot. But he's loading up on points this year. Rasp Sanderson and Shillington are tied for defensive um defensemen in points. They both yeah. have 21. Shanahan's creeping up there with 19. He's only got that many. I thought he might have a few more. Yeah. So I'm just going to look up goal totals here. And then fucking, oh. Okay. You know what I'm kind of starting to like? I'm liking a few things. And I'm going to, and it's going to lead into a potential new thing I might like, but one of these things we've been talking about or hearing from, from Daryl um, and, and I think this was when they got out for their tear and they played most of their games on the road to start the season, they're like 20 games in and they were just dominating everybody. Started to develop this reputation of like, Hey, you, this isn't a, if, if your favorite team is playing Calgary, don't watch. Cause you're not going to, it's not fun. Right. We're just dismantling everybody. So we are starting to develop that type of reputation. And then, then you started to hear simultaneously to that other coaches being like, yeah, though these, this is, they play big boy hockey. That's a big, strong team where they're hard, hard to play against, hard to move, blah, blah, blah. Right. And they're like, okay, well, you know, this is kind of cool. Hey, eh? and you know, we're tough. Like, look at the guys we got fighting and shit. Right. But now that you're just like, dude, good point people down. Lucic is beating people down. Like Zadorov is throwing his weight around. He's mucking it up. Okay. Coleman in the Arizona game. Oh, yeah. Laid a few guys out. Dude, he's got a fucking mean streak to him. That's what I was expecting, and I want that. Like, we were starting to see it kind of ever since he went back to Florida. It's kind of kickstarted stuff for him. And he's starting to get mean because he had those rivalries, right? But that guy crossed Face. What was his name? Kraus or some shit? Yeah. yeah this Boy is, Kraus, yeah. Lost this is the, Kraus. This is the third period, and the game is still sitting on the edge because it's only a one-goal game. It's, it's like 3-2 now, right? And Coleman's lining up against Kraus, and you see it from the camera angle. That puck the fucking cross-checks him in the face. <laughs> Coleman is fucking pissed. He's looking at the rap. He's like, what the fuck? And it was a good, good move that they separated him. I think Kraus wouldn't take the draw because Coleman probably would have fucking just killed him. But what happened next was even a bigger thing of beauty. He fucking demolished that guy, dude. Was he, it the hardest hit we've seen all season? Dude, that was the, he like cleaned that guy's clock. That was unbelievable. That was one of those ones you're watching. You're just like, Oh, <laughs> exactly my reaction. Oh, fuck it. It's not even like, yeah, it's like, it's just, oh, holy fuck, he wrecked that guy. Yeah. Like he buried him into the boards. Like, oh, perfect I was, hit. I think it was open ice and then he flew into the boards, wasn't it? Yeah, that's fuck. my, that's, that's the biggest hit I've seen in a long time. And then did he score in the same shift? I think it was maybe the next shift or the next shift. And you're just like, holy fuck, do not fucking piss off Blake Coleman. No, please piss Blake Coleman off, please. Right? So, I don't know. I'm starting to – a bit of a pattern here. And, I mean, look. Took over. 
he was talking identity right off the, right off the start, right? Yeah. And I mean, we've always been kind of like, fuck, identity, blah, blah, blah. It's kind of stupid. But when Daryl started talking about it, then we could get behind it, right? Because you got someone that actually knows what he's talking about. Well, and when your hate. identity is defined and it's like, yeah, we're going to be a hard forechecking team and all this other specific shit rather than just be like, we'd like to be hard to play against. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I taught we, that in my phys ed class, so I thought it would be a good principle to bring to the NHL. <laughs> so if we could just care more, that would really yeah. help. Thanks. I agree. We're actually starting to see it on identity take form for once. This is just talking about it. That's that. that yeah, yeah. Right. So hey, I'm liking where this is going. And fuck, they could actually think could get like a Pavelski. I think if someone, if they're gonna add anybody, and I, I mean let's not depress ourselves by talking because it's a, happen. It's, yeah. But imagine if they added one more someone like with grit, like like T, like come on. Now you have that much more ability to score and you're fucking just Dude, we'd be really hard to, to play against it, man. Like who? Who did you say? You cut out for like one second. Pavelski. Oh, fuck, dude. You added Pavelski. This team is an absolute pain in the ass to deal with. Like up and down. Well, and again, I think you're that's what you're seeing from that bottom pairing, too. Like Zadorov and Gabranson is like, fuck, on a night-to-night basis. Sure, sometimes they get caught because they're slow. Yep. But like down low in the corners, and I remember we were talking about this is like one of the reasons we actually didn't mind this is a door off pickup is because he is a guy who's going to fucking lay the body below the goal line specifically. Yep. So you're seeing that a lot. It's like well, these teams can't get shit going against these guys because they just peg them to the boards every time they get the puck. And they're just so fucking big. And I mean, one of the one of the things that Daryl has has stated that he's been telling them to work on is just using their long reach. That is hard played against. Everybody knows that. If you're playing against a demon with a long stick, yeah, it doesn't even matter if they were even big or not. Like with a long stick, it's just like it's unpredictable. They got the size to go with it. So, I mean, Daryl's got them playing pretty good. Those two. Yeah, and I think they're like Zadorov. I've been impressed with his defense against rush plays a lot. Like he'll pull, he'll pull the like Robin or Gear like staple guys to the board so they can't get it on the forecheck. Like he does it a lot and he does it effectively. He's really improved, improved over the last 10 games. Oh, for sure. He's He's been probably, if you track his progression from where he was at when he when he started to like where he is at now, it's exponentially better. I mean, to carry on with this theme, too, is like if you swatch, when you swap out Rizicka for, uh, oh. uh, what was it, was it Richardson? Rizicka's got some hands. He's got some talent, and he's fucking much bigger. Like, he's a big boy, too. He's totally he's big dead. he's big skill fast like he's been a huge upgrade it's now he's gonna be re- richie did you see pelche's hit last night no he beat he just drilled somebody dude dude he's talking about mean i guess different ball game in the hl but he's a pest he yeah. fit in very nicely in this bottom six you're right hey that's what we saw in the preseason he's he's got the he's he, yeah he's a mean motherfucker yeah totally Oh, fuck. But, dude, like this team, like we said, best five-on-five team in the league. Um, Like, I'm just going to pull the game stats up for Phoenix. Like, 81 shot attempts against the Coyotes at five-on-five to 47. That's unbelievable, dude. They had 81 shot attempts. If they could hit the fucking net and get somebody in there who who had some finishing talent, 
They'd be laughing. Like that's all this team is missing. And if you if you get a guy, like, fuck, maybe we should have just picked up a Vander Kane. Um, if you get a guy who has that uh, ability to play like this team's playing right now, that'd be even better. I mean, hey, on ice, Vander Kane is exactly what we need. Someone like on that. ice, the type of player, a guy who can score and is a pain in the ass and is a, is a physical monster, fit in perfectly. So hopefully the next trend we're going to see because home lately, I mean, they're going home, home 13. Here's here. I broke this down here. So seven out of the next nine games are at home. Sorry. Eight out of the next nine games are at home. They play seven straight at home. And then in March, it's 13 out of the uh, 17 are at home. 21 out of the next 26 games. Whew are all at home. 81 of their games are at home. And Daryl, this is the next identity thing. You know that Daryl's been stressing. He's been talking about it. They've started to turn a corner at home. Imagine if they start to build that identity into what we've just been talking about, you know, the actually playing the big boy hockey. Like, be well, this is. No matter which way you slice it, this is going to make or break the season. Um. But man, like, imagine if they could really utilize well, yeah. this, this home cooking. If this this could make or break the season, but it could also take them to the next level because yeah, exactly. we talked about this when Daryl was first hired. Is like the dome used to be a place where you came in and you either you would get fucked no matter if you won or if you lost. Yeah, like team the Flames were that kind of team where it doesn't matter if you win or lose. If you come to Calgary, you're gonna get your ass beat. And you're going to really have to earn your two points. And for the longest time, it's been the exact opposite of that. Oh, fuck. A fucking joke. It'd be nice to reestablish that home dominance. All right. Give us some game stats for, uh, did you give them a, give well, them a- I gave one. I'll, I'll finish them off. But I mean, like, dude, 81 shot attempts. If oh, Michael Backlund hits the net <laughs> once. <laughs> Once <laughs> they probably win like six two, um, but yeah, eighty one shot attempts to Arizona's forty seven, scoring chances forty four to twenty four. The high danger chances. This was a high event game. Flames had eighteen, Arizona had thirteen, so that they were giving up some in in the second period specifically. The Flames like those slot chances. Markstrom had to be sharp. He made some good saves and. Um, yeah, but a pretty dominant performance outside of a outside of a bit of a a few rough uh, issues in the D zone in the second period. Yeah, I mean, after those two goals that Markstrom allowed, I was kind of like, oh, fuck, like. But he did shut it down after that. He was he shut awesome. it down, and you know what? Like I was thinking about this because, like, hey, the Flames would have lost this game in a game with Jeff Ward, probably because, you know, it's like an end of a road trip right before a big break against an easy team. I liked the decision to start Markstrom because it was kind of like, you know what? No, we're, this is a huge game for us. Like our, our number one's in net. It kind of set a good, yeah. good precedent for what he was expecting from the team. And I mean, even for Markstrom, it's like he had a shitty game against Dallas. You know, he's going to, he's going to try to be at his best in the next game, he's going to be sharp. So see, this is what happens when you have a head coach who actually played. Yeah. 
because he and who like because you always heard Jeff Ward's a player coach, right? Oh, he's a players coach. He's not a players coach. He's it's a like guy who's a math who, teacher. He, he's a math teacher who tries to be nice to players. He's a Daryl fucking... Sutter was a player and he knows how players think and they, he knows how they react. And he knows Jacob Markham like, fuck, I sucked in Dallas. I'm going to be ready to go tomorrow in Arizona. That's how, like he knows how these guys operate. That's the difference. He's an actual player's coach. So there you're, you're officially halfway. You're one of the halfway point halfway through the season. 23, 13, and six halfway through the season. I mean, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good, you're put yourself in a good position. Um, you got all your Eastern travel done and over with, you know, Daryl has not made light of that. I mean, he want to talk about guys played. I mean, he says that's a big fucking traveling. Yeah. Um, and so he's, he's also been stressing. They haven't even been playing at home much. So, um, it's going to be really interesting to see how they utilize all this time at, at uh, in Calgary for the next bit. Well, we'll see what the next benchmark is because uh, Daryl said the goal was to be in a playoff spot by the, what was the Olympic break. It's now the all-star break, and they've done that. Yeah, so they're three points up on Edmonton for last playoff spot. Um. <sighs> But they're they're right behind Anaheim. They got six points, six games in in hand on Anaheim, and five games in hand on on LA. Just three points back of each. I mean, they could technically catch Vegas because they got four games in hand, five points back. Whew, they got Vegas and Toronto um, coming back from the break, back to back. It's gonna be tough, dude. Oh, it's gonna be some. I'm excited to watch them play some. Like, let's put this big boy uh, hockey theory to the test because they have some tough teams coming up. They're at home, sure, but some tough stretches. Dude, they do. Like, here we go. Vegas, Toronto, back-to-back. Islanders, they've turned their game around. That's going to be a good test. They're going to want some redemption. Then you have Columbus and Anaheim on back-to-back nights. So... Yeah, you got Montreal later in the in the beginning of March. But. Well, you look you look at the March schedule, some of that. Like there's a I think there's a stretch where they play like Colorado, Edmonton, Washington, Tampa in like five days, or not yeah. five days, in like six days. Holy shit, that's gonna be rough. That is gonna be rough, but man, Colorado looks good, eh? Holy shit. All right, well, we'll see what happens. Um, anything else you want games of the schedule? Before we'll we'll touch on the skills competition tonight, and then we'll <laughs> we'll wrap up with some some player selections for halfway point. No man, like I just think like I think everybody's in agreement that this team is legit, and they just need to add a scoring another guy to score some goals, and we'll be set. Like it's so painfully obvious. Yeah. So now we all know we're getting another depth defenseman instead. Ben Trot. And Oscar Fantenberg. Probably and getting two probably getting Warburg. two depth defense. That was a good fucking Warburg back just for good measure, too. Eh? <laughs> yeah. Maybe as well get three. I mean, if they're all cheap and well, how many did he got? Fantenberg, Brant, what was that? Well, the stupidest one was that Forbert one when he got um the year in the bubble where he got Forbert and Gustafson. Yeah, exactly. And Shillington was never seen or heard from again. Yeah. 
I don't know, man. Do you think he actually gets what we need? I don't. I have zero reason to believe he will. I mean, given his past behavior, we have zero to reason to believe he will. But, I mean, this, this team's needed this for five years. However, there is a coach now that knows what he's doing that can probably say, go get me this. As if Daryl's not going to say, go get me this. I don't know. I'm still very skeptical, especially if they keep playing this way and are in a good spot at the trade deadline. I am still pretty skeptical. Me too. All right. Watching his skills competition. This is like, I can't remember. I think it was Mo, but on Twitter, because the NHL was doing some promo stuff before the skills comp. And they had Dolly doing some weird like card game. So fucking cringe to watch, dude. And then you, you know just what? The NHL the... can be summed up as cringe. I think so. NHL marketing. Yeah. But you're watching the skills comp, and maybe it's just because, like, maybe it's only fun for kids. Maybe that's just what it is. Is that what it is? Because it's just like it's it was trying way too hard to make it cool, man. Like it's well, they should either lean in one way. Like that's the thing; they're trying too hard to make it cool, and it's not cool. It's like the exact opposite of cool. It's the fucking lamest shit I've ever seen. But if they lean into how lame it was. And like made it just for kids and made it like super goofy and fun. And like we're aware of how lame it is, then it might actually be kind of fun for kids. But it's like it's not even fun for kids. Cause I remember it's like, yeah, last year they have was it last year? I don't know. They had Green Day there or something. Oh, yeah. It's just like fucking Green Day. Okay. And Green Day is like selling every they're swearing, oh fuck you. They're swearing on live TV. They're like 90. Yeah, they're like 90. It's like that's not for kids. Like if I was a kid and I was watching that, my parents would be pissed. So not a great way if you're going to make it for kids. So it's like they should either totally go full on, make it for kids or make it not fucking lame as shit <laughs> and make it cool. You said um, you're watching Avery making fun of it or what? <laughs> that's the only that's the only footage I've seen is Sean Avery's Instagram stories making fun of it. I making watched a bit of it. Off. I watched uh, Johnny Gaudreau doing his sharpshooting. He was better than dry saddle, so that's all that mattered. Too bad they didn't have Backlund in there. <laughs> Boing! Yeah, that'd be fucking entertaining, eh? Oh, my God, he can't even hit the net. It's like 10 minutes later. It's like, okay, you know how they have, like, the the mercy rule in yeah. you know, some leagues? It's like, okay, it's been mercy, 10 minutes. Uh, 10 minutes, he, Michael. He's gone through three rounds of pucks, hasn't hit a target yet. Why are no pucks in the net? Who else would be terrible about this girl's comp? Brett Ritchie is skating. Oh man, what would he? What would be his event? I don't even know what the events are anymore. Like when I was a kid, they were pretty simple. It was like hardest shot, uh, accuracy, fastest skater. Yeah, Richie put him in the fat. Fa- now he was. Hmm. What skills does Brett Ritchie have? The worst hands competition. Yeah, have him do. Remember, they used to do the relay, the the pylon. He's just the pylon. <laughs> There's like ten pylons, and then Brett Ritchie just sitting on the <laughs> ice. <laughs> oh, it'd be like that year where they had like some. They had like the guests, where they had like Kendall Coin come do the skate. It's like a special guest, Brett Ritchie as the pylon. Fuck, that'd be amazing. Okay, but like I don't know, maybe. 
people i i'm curious if you're listening do you like the skills i don't think anybody likes it like it's so old now like can you change like does it ha- does anybody care about the fastest skater still no like do you think connor wants to do that hey connor you want to risk your career for some losers hey, in vegas connor you're always complaining about high risk fucking plays how about skating around with no helmet on as fast as, as you can? As fast as you possibly can. Go. Stupidest thing I've ever heard of in my life. <laughs> so they were doing, um, what, passing accuracy on oh, the Christ. Bellagio, in the Bellagio fountain? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody got paid to come up with that. It's like pitch black. You got fucking, like, again, like, uh, whoever comes, like, hockey players, they all look like dweebs because they all are. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, they did a blackjack comp. That was, that was maybe, I actually didn't mind that one. I well, here, it. I, here's a, re, here's an idea how to fix it. Have them do non-hockey related things. Because that's the one thing the NHL can't seem to figure out is promoting personalities in the game. It's like. Yeah, that's what you're trying to sell at an all-star game. Not how what, good these guys are at hockey. Here's what they need to do. They need to create a skills competition wherever the game, wherever the game is going to be. Keep the game. Game's fine. Wherever the game's going to be. In this case, Las Vegas, the skills competition should just be them playing cards, blackjack, yeah. a poker tournament. Imagine how cool it would be to see the entire, you know, people watch these poker tournaments. They're actually pretty entertaining. How about they all have to dish in a million bucks or a hundred thousand bucks. The winner fucking donates it all to charity. They play fucking three round, three hours or four hours. It's just a fucking poker tournament. You got the little live cameras. You can see everybody's cards. Like you telling me that's not going to bring some that's, personality out to the table. Dude, you're telling me you wouldn't get 20 times the viewership. Wouldn't that be a lot more interesting? Yeah. Sell the personalities, not the dumb, stupid, like, cause that's the thing about hockey. It's not like basketball or, you know how hard it is to do half the shit they try to get these poor guys to do? It's like, yeah, hit that target 40 miles away in the Bellagio fountain. It's like, that's really hard. It's not even on the ice. <laughs> no. Like, even those stick handling things, like, remember Johnny did it amazingly well, but, like, Eric Carlson can do her the shit. Like, that shit's hard. It's hard. It's not something that's like made for TV. All right, we'll get back to the show in just a moment. Just need to fit in. A word from our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. The Super Bowl is coming up next weekend, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just 5 bucks and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet or you're in Canada, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at up to a million bucks as the top prize with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the promo code THPN to get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just 5 bucks and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. Promo code is THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 plus only minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources if you have a gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in tennessee call or text the tn red line 
in Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. If you're in New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. All right. You going to watch the All-Star game? Probably going to pass. Thanks. Yeah. We're going to try and fucking put Johnny and McDavid together all day. And that's the other thing. Give me a break with this divisional shit. Let them pick the teams. Like that's the one fun thing they ever did. Everybody got, everybody got hammered and mm, picked the teams, and they Phil got picked last. And they were embarrassed that. that everyone actually showed some personality because they're all plastered and canned it. That was the best thing they've ever done. Let them pick the teams. That's so much more fun. Let them get drunk. Yeah, totally. Again, make it for kids or don't make it for kids. They should just do a Big Brother fucking sleepover. Filming in the whole thing while everybody gets pissed, eh? Yeah, that'd be so entertaining. I, you wouldn't watch that. Well, I'd fucking watch that for sure, right? <laughs> All right, let's do. Um, we're going to wrap this up with some. We'll select some players for the halfway point. I got a few things here, so if you think of any more on the fly, we'll add them in. Who's your MVP through the first half? I think it's pretty fucking obvious, but some people might go in a different way, but who you got? Yeah, it's Gaudreau. Yeah. Like, me I too. mean, you maybe I, th- I think we'd probably both be in agreement on this, that Kachuk is having a really underrated season Yeah, because he's been awesome. But, like, Johnny Gaudreau, Johnny Gaudreau has been one of the best players in the league this year. And he's, like, the last three weeks, man, he's just fucking on a nightly basis. Just blowing people away. Like, like how how he, good was that yeah. play? I mean, he finds he finds Lindholm four times all alone. Spot. Like like he's behind the net and he's got nowhere to like he's got guys converging on him and he just finds Lindholm all alone in the slot. Like, so good. Like you just watch him and you're just like. That one shift when he goes off the when he goes off the net and like fools Chitrin, it's like that wasn't even the most impressive play on. Dude, that, that shift. was Chitrin. Was yeah, that, isn't that like isn't he like a solid demon? Yeah, he's great. He's like one of the best young defense. He's like on the trade block. Everybody wants him, and it's like that wasn't even the best play. It's like he had the puck on a string for like it felt like an eternity for like at least forty seconds before he made that play. Oh man, he just put on a show. Did you hear hear what Daryl had to say about him after the game? It's prepping for the all-star game. Yeah, he's like, he's looks like he's going to the all-star game. <laughs> and then he and then he watches his face after he's just shaking his head. He's like, like, holy fuck, he's good. Right? It's so fun to watch. Like when I don't like honestly, when he's going like that, I would watch him over anybody else in the league. Like yeah. yeah, Connor's gonna do what Connor does, and he's like super fast, but just like Joe's just like so fucking pinpoint tactically. It's like he's like just so creative, but accurate with everything he does. It's like he can do all that dipsy doodling, just fly through and then just like put it right into the slot for Lindholm to bury it. It's just so fun to watch. Like, where would this team be without him? Oh, my God. We're, how about in the last seven years? I know. But I agree, man. Like, he is... This is when, if you're, if, as Flames fans, we just got to pinch ourselves, right? Soak this in. Enjoy every minute of it because there's going to be a day when Johnny's gone 
and we don't know how long it's going to be until we get a player like this again. Like, like this guy is unbelievable. And I mean, give huge. I, I still, I think people aren't giving enough credit to Goudreau specifically because I know we like to rip on all the media guys. We're like, well, fuck. Oh, Sutter's here. He's in for it now. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like he's been awesome under Daryl Sutter. But it's like that didn't just happen. Like he's had to work his, like he, it feels like he's dug in because you look at him specifically in the 1920 season where it was kind of like everyone was like, oh shit, is Goudreau suck now? It's like, Everybody's throwing out like, oh, I think the leaks figured him out. His attacks seem very one-dimensional. He never seemed to really have that like spark anymore. He's really like dug in this year and has really gone got to a an elite level that we've seen flashes of. But like you said, like over the last two weeks, it's been on a nightly basis. It's unbelievable, dude. I'm um really excited to see if this team makes the playoffs what kind of a playoff team this team can turn into and what kind of playoffs Johnny Gaudreau might be in, in line for. Obviously that, that top line who is currently the best line in the entire NHL. Um, but they're, they're going to be, that'll be interesting, right? If they play a playoff series, they're going to be heavily, heavily targeted. Um, Chucky and Lindholm, you know, they're tough, but they're not like overly, physical right and then you got little johnny it's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out um but you know that's throughout this there's still some people you know giving the old oh johnny hasn't done shit in the playoffs i'm just i'm just really curious to see under a properly coached team and a team that um if we can get there is obviously you know putting a lot of key pieces together and if they can start to play better at home and fuck, get your fucking power play figured out, like this could be a fun team to watch in the playoffs. Well, again, like we all just kind of get rumblings of 2004 and it's like, this is how they played. Like, and they didn't have near this much skill. But, he, but motherfucker needs to add. He had like, it's, he has to, that will be the defining fact. Like that's the thing we've always said. Everyone, Oh, Johnny disappears in the playoffs. He's like, yeah, well the team fucking behind him has stunk other than Sam Bennett. And the teams have been very weak behind him. So when there's one guy for playoff teams to key in on, it's pretty easy, you know? So he's taken the brunt of other teams uh, locking down in the playoffs. So, you know, make yeah. the team a little bit deeper. It would help. All right, next, most improved. And I think we'll just – you could either go from, from last season or from the start of season, but who's uh, who do you say is most improved? Well, I think most people will go Shillington, yeah. but I don't really agree with that being, like, most improved. I don't know because I have always – like, if you watch his eight games he played last year, he played eight. Eight games in the last he five seasons. eight games last year. I don't know how you can fucking look at those eight games and say, oh, did he ever suck in those eight games? Wow. Good. In fact, the last game he played was like, remember that game against the Oilers where he makes that sweet feed to Lindholm and he scores that goal? Can't remember that, but yep. <laughs> we never saw him again. Poor guy got shot to the moon. Um, And I was going to use Zadorov for a different one, but I do think he, I, I'm going to put Zadorov in this. Um. Well, fuck no, I can't say that because I forgot how god awful Rasmus Anderson was last year. So I'm gonna go Rasmus Anderson. 
Yeah, I think it just think occurred to me. I think you're probably right. I mean, some people could make a case for Andrew Mangiapane, even though he was he's been great. He was great last season. He was but great he's, last year. He's gone to another another level. Usually, when you're most improved, you're you know you weren't good before. I think you're right, man. Like, do we remember how fucking? I it's still I still catch myself. Being like fucking Rasmus Anderson, dumbass, because he was so bad last year. You could give Lucic some props too. Yeah, but no one has improved from fucking being a disaster, tire fire like they were last year, like Rasmus Anderson has. <laughs> he was so fucking bad, dude. He was a wreck last year. He was one of the worst defensemen in the league, and I'm not even exaggerating. I literally hated his fucking gut starting yeah. the season. And like I said, it's still lingering. It's still, it's like latent. It just like pops up when he makes a bad play. I'm like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Fuck you, Rasmus. All right. Biggest surprise. Yeah. I think this one you got to give to Zadorov because I'm going to go with Gabranson. Yeah. I think either or because yeah. they were both and. I'm not giving Brad Shivin credit here. You mean to Daryl Sutter? Because if these two guys weren't on a Daryl Sutter coach team, I don't think they'd be as strong as they have been this year. Um, but I mean, Zadora for me, like he's been totally fine this year. Totally fine. Yeah. Outside of like those first four or five games and when Daryl had to sit him, like and he's been good recently, like really good. Well, since coming back from yeah, sitting. He has been solid, and he's gotten better like significantly in the last three weeks, I would say. But I'm going to still go with Gabranson. I mean, I didn't know much about him coming in, but from my analytical perspective, coming in the start of the season, like I was worried because the guy looked like he sucked. Remember in the preseason games too? Yes. He was a mess. He was a mess. But, man, he's – and look, he's not the perfect defenseman. I'm not saying he's a top-pairing guy. But for the points we made earlier in the podcast, just the the size that he's playing with, I mean, Daryl has – I think it was uh, two or three weeks ago, Daryl asked Gabranson and Zadorov to play meter. And I think really said that, that's when Zadorov's gotten even better. But like you said, man, like if you're facing like those two guys – and you're having a tough night, like that's got to be frustrating to play against. If, oh, if totally. If they're on the ball and they're throwing their weight around and someone tries to chuck them and just gets fucking rocked, O'Brien ends up fucking laying on the ice, his face all mashed up. Branson's fucking, it wasn't even nicked, was he? Dude, sitting did there, he even touch him? Just sitting there with his beautiful mustache. <laughs> eh? He's like a bouncer out there. He's like a he's like a veteran cop on the force, just like dealing with shitheads, just like beating the shit out of them. Like I'm, I I actually am really enjoying both these players a lot, and I didn't really expect to. No, I didn't expect to either. And I think we both have an affinity for, uh, kind of like old school defensemen specifically. Like we grew up. We watched Robin Aguirre our whole lives, and it's like the, flame, the Flames haven't really had that element, for better or for worse, because, like, I don't think that's something you want to, like, super prioritize, but it's fun to watch, that's for sure, especially 20, when they're effective. 
Yeah. You got to have some physical. You got to get like the biggest thing is like before these two, who the fuck made hits in their own end ever? Nobody, nobody. Like Mike's like for all the shit we give Stone, it was like Stone maybe. I think I say Mike Smith and him. Oh. That's, that's true <laughs> yeah, too. Mike Smith. Yeah. But not, yeah, yeah, not a lot of guys like laying the body in the defensive zone, using their body to separate guys from pucks. All right, weakest link. I think it's pretty obvious, Brett Ritchie. It's Brett Ritchie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, biggest disappointment. I, you know what? Like, for all Monahan's whatever, like he kind of is what he is at this point. He's had some moments. Like for me, it's been Dylan Dubé. I don't know. Like he's had a weird season. Yep, same with me. But I don't really know what's because the thing that's weird is like if you look at his underline, it's like he's kind of generating some offense when he's on the ice. But this to this to me just it seems like it's a mental thing, dude. Like the guy can play. We already know that. Why can't he? Why can't he fucking figure it out? Well, yeah, that's what it is. It's not figuring out. It's like every time he gets the puck, it's like he has a brain fart or something, or like he doesn't know what to do with it, or he's. It's like he's not just playing; he's just thinking. Maybe all he needs is just to get in the playoffs and just get juiced, jacked on the fucking on the emotion and well, shit. Hockey. Remember how good he was in those Dallas in that Dallas series and the Winnipeg series, dude was a monster. That guy was a freak. Like, have you seen him play one make one play? Like, remember the end to end rush he had in that game against Dallas where he like just barrels in, goes right to the net and tucks it in. Dude, he just disappears out there. Every game. Yeah, he looks lot. He looks like I don't notice him. I'm like, oh yeah, Dubé is playing. He's just like lost out there on the ice when he's playing. Like, I mean, sure, he's playing with Mon and Brett Ritchie. That doesn't help. But no, doesn't. At least Brett Ritchie's not playing with fucking Goudreau. I like how you know. Again, you get people coming. Oh yeah, Goudreau is. Because he's in a contract year. Mm-hmm. Actually, no. When he dipped, he's playing a terrible coaching and playing with Brett fucking Richie and Dom Simon, and a declining off the face of the planet Sean Monahan. You can't even bend over. <laughs> oh my god, my hip! It just broke again. <laughs> Somebody get me my cane. <laughs> yeah, I agree, man. And I think why it's so disappointing is because he was kind of low-key becoming my favorite player. But when you suck, you are no longer my favorite. It's a meritocracy. You have to be good to be my favorite. Like, I, yeah, like Coleman, for all the bitching I did about him, like he's he's coming he's coming into his own and he's doing what he's going to do. But Dubé has just been kind of like... All right. Who is your biggest soft spot? Who, who do you have the biggest soft spot for on this team? Soft spot? Well, I mean, other than Daryl Sutter. But you got oh, a hard spot for Daryl. Yeah, good good point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right. how do you, low key, like, I mean, I can't not love Oliver Shillington right now. Soft spot because I don't know, like, We've wanted to see this guy play for so long, and like now, like he's just fucking killing it. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Zidorov. Yeah, you know what? 
that's like fuck, dude. I can't not like this guy. I was even watching the Flames do those dumb little like stupid, dumb, lame question things where it's like, oh, do you like spicy chips or or salty chips? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the shit they do. Is your favorite color blue or green? Is it blue, Nikita? But <laughs> even that, like, he's funny. It's like the dude likes South Park. I, he's like, he seems like such a normal guy. Oh shit, we gotta do. We gotta quickly shout out the Flames social media team for fucking. Oh shit, yeah, we'll dropping wrap it up. a bomb. We'll wrap it up with that. Okay, we'll wrap it up with that. <laughs> that was awesome. Good thing you remembered that. Yeah, I almost forgot. Yeah, no, like Zadorov. This guy is growing on me, um, and it's because it's play on the ice. Like, and he is not—he's getting into it, right? Like, he's standing, sticking up for teammates. Um, I can—I can, I can remember a whole bunch of times when somebody, you know, messes with somebody, and he's in there. He's getting in there. He's like one of the first guys in there. He's playing well. Um, he's the best of, of, offensively gifted D-man we have. I got a soft spot for him. I do. It's nice to see a guy like that, like come in and succeed. And I don't know. It's just like, he's such a, he's such a different guy than we're used to. Big time. Well, have we had a Russian personality? Like he's not, ever? yeah, he's not a Russian personality and he's not like pussy for lack of a better term. You know what I mean? Have we ever had a Russian personality in our team? No, like Sergey Makarov in the nineties. Sorry, I was too young to re- remember that. Right. Um, when's the last time the Flames had a legit Russian on the team, though? That's a really good question. That's why I say Sergey Makarov because he's the only one I can think of. Is Andre Zuzin? Is he Russian? I can't remember. Sounds like it. All right, last question before we get to the cherry on the. The cake here. Biggest hate on. Who do you have the biggest hate on? <laughs> well, on the team? Brett fucking Richie. <laughs> hey, Brett. Hey, Brett. Obviously, outside of Brad. I right? honestly don't really hate anybody outside. Like, I'll get mad. There's there's a few people I get mad at during games. Backlund drives me fucking bonkers. Oh, God. Blast wide. Blast wide. Blast wide. So he pissed me oh, off. Look at Elias is breaking for the for the uh, breakaway icing. <laughs> I guess no was, offensive was, instinct wasn't icing because it was penalty kill, but he clears it down the ice instead of giving Elias a breakaway. Coleman with his Coleman when he wasn't scoring was pissed me off. Yeah, Rastus Anderson's hair pisses me off sometimes, but like I love everyone on this team outside of Brett Ritchie. Fuck his face, eh? It's chewing Chewing a stupid trident. I mean, no, I no Hannafin, I guess, but I don't hate him. He's just kind of dumb and weird. Yeah, I agree with all those things. Yeah. All right, let's uh yeah, why don't you take it away? You do do the timeline on this. This is fucking hilarious. Maybe I'll start it and you can finish it off. You gotta so, give the context, yeah. So everybody remembers Brett Chesley. This is the guy that was fucking harping on Monge when he was um selected to join the team Canada world championship team before winning MVP. And the guy that says, can everybody say flames fans say, woo Canada Canadians go who 
the fuck is this? This guy sucks. He wouldn't even be on like Mangiapani. This guy's like not even anyway. So he's going off. I mean, everybody knows. And then, uh, so yeah, we've been getting into it, Brett, with uh, Brett Chesney <laughs> since then because Monty Pony's been on a tear. But fuck, yeah, you tell the rest of it. Well, he tweets it. He tweets at the Monty Pony. So this is in May. So just to give you guys a timeline on how long of a troll this has been for you, you've been putting in the work. Oh yeah, I've been letting it die. <laughs> I've been keeping it. Going. And you may you may have heard the show, and you're like a newer listener, and you hear us like mention Brett Chesney. You know, what the fuck? Who is that? Well, this something is- something happened a few weeks in the season. I don't know what. But hit that tweet came back in my feed. So somebody must have liked something from back then. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I remember Brett Chesley. And at this point, Monji Pony had had seven goals and was like fourth in the league. So I sent a screenshot. I think he was first in the league at that point. Oh, yeah, he was tied for first. Yeah. With uh, dry set, I think. So I send him a screenshot, just trolling him a bit. And then he comes back and doubles down. Oh, yeah, fuck. He's not even a second liner on most teams, blah, blah, blah. Call me when he has 20, as if like he's not going to hit 20 this season. Yeah, so Brett I, says Brett says in November, he's like, nobody outside of Alberta knows who this is, and he's not a second-line guy outside of Calgary. I get it. Fan favorites skew opinions. No judgment, but he's just okay. Call me when he scores 20. So since then on Twitter, there's been a bunch of us chiming in. We've been keeping a tally for Brett. This <laughs> This... um. This little thread has not died. It's actually been kept well alive, well stoked. Every time Monji Pony scored, has scored a goal, the tally has been counting. Up to 15, 16, 17, we started asking Brett, okay, Brett, we need your number there, bud. We're, what number are we calling here when he hits 20? He's been radio fucking silence. Um, and then <laughs> Calgary Flames social media Twitter – Fuck man, they they trolled him. What did they say? Do you have it up? Yeah. So uh, and this was this was kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, because, we were just yeah because when he hit twenty, the usual people were all beaking him again, but he didn't say anything. And then the next morning, <laughs> the next morning, the flames uh, subtweet in your in the thread say, "Brett, just calling to let you know he has scored twenty goals through forty one games." <laughs> Oh man, that's hilarious! So the so, Calgary Flames actually fucking troll Brett. That major props to the Flames for coming through and helping us with our like, well, how what is this eight month troll job? Like, oh man, right? hard work pays off, kids. It pays off. It pays off. I don't even know how they. No, I, I know. know. I couldn't even find it. I'm not sure how the Calgary Flames that came across them, but fuck, that's some funny. That's some funny stuff. Anyways. Update, he um, responded today with a three-tweet, a three-fucking-tweet-tweet. Three Whoa, just take the L, bud. Take the L. He's still going off, and then he's trying to get us to make a bet. He says if if, uh, if Maji Pony scores 30, he'll buy a jersey, and if, and if he doesn't, then we got to go on a, some sort of podcast. I'm I, This guy, Take dude, the L. Bro, you're done. You can't keep moving these goalposts. No, no. You are done, bro. Done. Brett Chesley, done. I'll send you a jersey, bud. Yeah. The only uh, the only interaction you'll be getting from us for the rest of your life is continuing to troll you as Monty Pony. When he hits three, you'll hear about it. But we're not doing no fucking bets, bro. But, yeah, I'm glad you fucking remember that because that was funny, man. 
dude that was that was that might be the highlight of my year so far that was epic i mean everybody's like you know you know what it's like when like a what celebrity i guess they're kind of like a celebrity you have the blue they got the blue check mark yeah i'm glad i'm glad they still hold us I'm, i'm glad there's they're still uh the flames haven't like excommunicated us yet right i'm i'm glad we still held enough standing where like they will give us some love once in a while I mean, we do talk a lot of shit about the organization, so. Yeah, that's fine. Still happy they haven't, you know, banned us from the Saddle Dome. Right. Banned us from their Twitter and stuff yet, so. We're going to get canceled from going into games. We're too negative. Hey, we're just the voice of what most people are feeling, and, you know, anyhow. All right, man. Um, We got a week off from any fucking hockey here again, but buckle in because dude i don't even know dude how what's this gonna be like we're playing like games like almost every day here playing like four games a week every week for the next two months i don't even know what that's gonna be like i forget i'm gonna enjoy it that's for sure so we'll be back on the other side of the break and um what's the closing thought here well I don't know, like, I just love Daryl Sutter so much. 